we're back. Welcome to Trying to Figure It Out with Allie. I am Allie Petiti, and we are back today with another solo episode. It's been a while. I'm very excited to have this episode. I've been wanting to talk about this for a while. This is a story that I think will be super important for me to share, but also helpful, hopefully, for you guys to hear and learn some stuff from. In June of 2020, I found out that I had a brain tumor. Since I was a kid, I have been the type of person that if my stomach hurt, I thought I had appendicitis. If I had a headache, I was thinking I'm going to have a stroke, I'm going to have a seizure, I have a tumor, something's wrong. I was always afraid of everything, like always went to doctors because I needed to know what was going on. My mom was married to a brain surgeon which was like the best thing ever for me because anytime I felt anything, I would ask him questions. I have such a vivid memory. I had a stomach ache and my stepdad told me that if you have appendicitis, you can actually put a cup over your stomach and listen to the cup. You hear something, it can actually tell you if your appendix is inflamed. So I just remember we were at a gas station. I made him go into the gas station, get a cup and listen to my appendix because I thought something was wrong. I don't know if that's even actually true. The way my anxiety worked, if someone told me something that made me believe that it was fine, I would believe them. So if he was lying, it's fine. It made me feel better in the moment. But like it did become a thing where now every time I have a stomach ache, I'm like, get the cup. Like it's time to listen to my appendix and see if something's wrong with it. As I got older, you know, like I started taking myself to doctor's appointments. If something I needed my yearly checkup, I would just go on my own. I never was afraid to go to the doctor. I didn't need someone to hold my hand. I'm not afraid of needles. I'm not afraid of shots. Like I just want to know what's going on. Take my blood, tell me if I'm good. And then I can go to sleep at night at peace. Like that makes me feel better. So I've always done my routine checkups and in my junior year of college, I found out that I had polycystic ovarian syndrome. PCOS is basically when your testosterone levels are higher than normal and you have an like excess amount of follicles on your ovaries. So I found that out and started taking medication to regulate that. From that point on, my doctor just said that I have to get blood work done every three to six months. So I went for my six-month follow-up in March of 2020. And a week later, they called me and they were like, hey, you had some abnormal levels in your blood work this time, but it's unrelated to the PCOS. Like it has nothing to do with that. They told me that my prolactin levels, which is the milk hormone, um, were really high and that it was a little bit concerning for them, but they weren't too worried. They just wanted me to repeat the blood work as soon as possible. But this was just not a time where I felt safe to go repeat my blood work. I didn't want to go to a lab. I didn't want to go anywhere to expose myself. I was with my grandma. I was terrified. It just wasn't a question. June came around and that's when like you kind of started to do things again. You felt a little more safe. Like we finally stopped bleaching our clementines, which I'll just share this side story. When things were really bad, I was so afraid. My grandma's everything to me, so I was not down to take a single risk of her getting COVID. If we got a package, it stayed outside for 24 hours. If she got groceries delivered, they needed to be scrubbed, like, from head to toe. And she was scrubbing them with gloves, a mask, and, like, things covering her whole body. And she instantly had to change her clothes as soon as she was done. 
So I was very strict. I was like a drill sergeant during COVID. People did not like me. My family thought I was insane. So she literally used to bleach the clementines. And there was one day, I thought she was just like wiping everything down. I think she actually like put the clementines in a bowl of bleach and let them like sit there for a second to like really cleanse themselves, I guess. And I just remember eating a clementine and being like, oh my God, I'm eating bleach right now. What is this? Like, what's going on? So I called her over and I was like, did you bleach the clementines? And she was like, yeah, like I just did what I've been doing with everything. Like just wiped it down. I was like, this is not wiped down. This is like marinated in bleach. It was so bad. So anyway, we were past that phase where we were bleaching clementines and we were in a place where I felt a little more safe to go get blood work done. So I went to my doctor in New York. They called me the next day and they were like, your prolactin levels went up a lot since March. First thing I do when they tell me that is Google high prolactin levels. Like, what does that mean? And like the first result that came up was tumor. So based on the blood work that they got back in June, they just made it very clear that the next step for me was to get an MRI of my brain. Like there wasn't a question. They just said, this is the next step. So I went three different times to get the MRI. The first time showed up, didn't even go inside. I was like, can't do this. There's just no way. Second time I went inside, they put me on the bed, tried to put me in the tube put the helmet on me and then the minute that they got me all the way in there and they were like this is where you're gonna be I like squeezed the little air bubble thing that they give you for emergencies and I was like get me out of here I was like I can't do this I have to go left again third time I learned that I needed to take some sort of thing to make me feel more calm like a sleeping pill or something because I just wasn't able to do it and I finally did it I have such a vivid memory of the exact moment that I found out my stepdad called me the same day and he was like Al like are you home like where are you and I was like yep I'm home like I'm good he's like okay like I got the MRI you have a small pituitary tumor I just like was actually in shock I feel like looking back the way I reacted was super chill I was just like okay like I I knew it was coming so I didn't really freak out my grandma was sitting next to me and she was like you can cry like it's okay and I was like no I'm fine like it's okay so I booked the surgery for September from July until September I knew that that's what was coming in the next few months and I was just like prepared for it my whole family was shocked. Those two months, they were a mess. Like they were terrified. They were sad. They were scared. They didn't know what to expect. Whereas me, I was like not thinking about it, trying to distract myself, just trying to be calm. Every step of the way, I was almost just like numb to my own emotions because I think I was in shock. We went through that summer with the whole plan. You know, I was ready to go by September. The day of my surgery, I was at the hospital the whole day before they even operated and they told me without warning me that I had to go to the basement of the hospital and get an MRI right before the surgery. I was already like hanging on by a thread and then when they told me I had to get an MRI I was like I'm done like I can't do this like went to go get the MRI they brought me down there and 
I was freaking out. Like, I was like, I can't do this. You can't put me in there. Like, I can't go in. I was like, at this point, I'm like full meltdown alley, like ugly crying, freaking out. They like didn't know what to do. And I was like, get my grandma. I need her right now. So they went up and got my grandma and they brought her down to be there and like have her wait outside while I did the MRI thinking that that would help me through it. And I was like, no, I'm not going in there. Like it's not happening. So my grandma being her was like, I'm going in there with her. Like I'm going in. And they were like, ma'am, like the radiation, like you can't go in there. Like you can't just stand in there. Like while she gets this MRI, she was like, are you a grandma? And they were like, I mean, it was like all males. So they were like, how do we answer that question? And she literally was ready to like throw hands at these people. And I'm just like bawling my eyes out. It's really all starting to hit me. She starts just taking off all of her jewelry without them even saying like that she could go in. She's taking everything off. She's like, all right, I'm ready to go. Like, tell me what I need to do. So they ended up like they couldn't argue with her. There was no arguing. They let my grandma in while I got the MRI I don't know if that's ever like I don't know if that happens like this is not allowed like she literally stood while I was in the tube holding my leg the entire time I'm in the tube and my grandma keeps like tilting over and sticking her head in like the MRI thing being like you're almost done like you're gonna be okay and I'm like still like crying but like you can't move when you're in an MRI she's like grabbing my leg and she's like shaking she's just actually like such a great example of my relationship with my grandma like she just makes me feel so safe and she will literally do anything for me like it wasn't a choice she was going in there no matter what anyone told her I wouldn't have been able to do it without her thank god she was there but it is actually the funniest story of all time because she was just such a savage about it so I did the MRI went fine after the whole temper tantrum And then they brought me back up and it was time for the surgery. So surgery went well. I remember waking up in the recovery room and this is when it all switched for me. Like from the point of waking up from the surgery for about six months after I was a mess, like everything that I had been like pushing away, all the anxiety, all the nerves, just every emotion caught up to me and it was really hard to shake it. I woke up in the recovery room so scared. I could hear like the beeping of everyone else's monitors. Like these are all like fears that I've lived with my whole life. And I was kind of just pretending like they weren't going to happen up until the surgery. And then once it happened, like that's when all my emotions came out. was there for three days. I hated it. Like being in the hospital was horrible you're very lonely. You have visiting hours from 12 to 6. They only let one person in for the day. So it's just lonely and scary. And I'm grateful that I was at such a great hospital. I'm grateful that I had such great doctors and that I was able to have this surgery. But from my experience of how it made me feel, it was terrifying and it was dark and scary and gloomy. Three days later, my dad came and picked me up from the hospital. They said I could go home. They told me that things I had to look out for and be careful about was if it ever felt like a faucet turned on in the back of my throat, 
I needed to go back to the hospital, like, right away. A week later, after the surgery, I'm back home, and I was laying on the couch. My dad's on a work call, and all of a sudden, it literally felt like someone turned on a hose in the back of my throat, like something was just pouring down. And then I sat forward and put my hand in front of my nose to see if something came out of my nose. I looked down and it's a puddle of blood, like full puddle. I'm freaking out. My dad is on this work call. He literally like hangs up immediately. He screams for my grandma who was upstairs, calls 911. He's like, my daughter just had surgery, blah, blah, blah. At this point, I'm done. Like this is it for me. I'm officially done being strong I'm done being brave in this experience like I'm a mess now I had already kind of been an anxious wreck for that whole week but like now shit has officially hit the fan and this was like the start of a really really horrible six months for me I accepted that I was going to die that night in my head I thought I was going to die I have blood spewing down my throat pouring out my nose at the same time I'm throwing up blood because I'm swallowing so much blood. I'm in this ambulance. They don't know what surgery I just had. My hospital that I had the surgery was in the city. Couldn't go there. Had to go somewhere closer. I bled for four hours straight, which is an insane amount of time. I left the hospital. They let me out that same night. They like did what they could to stop the bleeding. It stopped eventually, but that was it. They didn't tell me anything. They didn't say what happened or why it happened. They just said everything was fine. So at this point, I don't know why it happened. There's nothing they can do to tell me it's not going to happen again. I'm officially living in fear, permanent fear. I go home. I didn't sleep for, I kid you not, two weeks straight. Did not get a single minute of sleep. I was a mess. My family didn't know what to do. My dad didn't know how to help. I have never felt so afraid of anything in my life. Like it was crippling. This was the first time that my anxiety became something non-functioning. This was just such a different experience for me and one that has been so impactful to where I am now because it was the first time ever where my mental state affected my ability to live my daily life. Like I had never experienced that and I'm still experiencing it now. Like I'm learning how my mental health can impact me so deeply that it affects my ability to get up and go out and do something. And it made me realize how seriously I needed to take my mental health. I'm finding new coping mechanisms. I got a whole new team of therapists. I now know what rock bottom for me feels like. And it was then. I've never been more of a mess in my life. I know what I'm not trying to go back to, but I also am grateful that I know what can happen and what I need to do to take care of myself moving forward. I cannot predict what might happen that might put me back in a place like that. I can't say what it will be or what it would be or could be, but I can say that I have a setup and I have routines and I have things that I now have learned and do to protect myself from those kinds of experiences. I think a huge thing for me is that I do take anxiety medication. I take Lexapro. I had just started taking Lexapro before my surgery, about three months before. So right around my surgery 
is really when my Lexapro was like full swing in my system. And I think that might have been a reason why I kept it together so much before. And then after my emotions really caught up to me because I was my body was changing. My reactions to things that I normally would have been scared of was changing, which was great. And thank God I take it. It has helped me so much. And this isn't me saying it hasn't, but I do think that it numbed me a little bit to something that in the past I might have expressed my emotions in the moment towards. And this was like an outpour after, and it was very traumatic. I have a lot of PTSD from it. You know, I still have a lot of trauma from that experience, but I also just have so much that I learned, so much that I'm grateful for. I would never want to go through it again. And I did not enjoy those six months of mental hell, but I'm really grateful that they happened because I'm learning what my adult life anxiety is like and I'm aware of what it can feel like for it to affect me so deeply that I can't function and I know I never want to let that happen again so I'm trying to face things head on I'm trying to actually allow myself to process things when they happen and for the times that I can't I'm just really trying to listen to my body and pay attention to how I'm feeling and let people be there for me let people be supportive who aren't just my therapist or my family like I'm trying to let my friends be there for me and depend on people so that I don't go back to a dark place you know like if I feel it coming I'll tell someone I need company tonight I need to talk tonight I need this like I really have been speaking up so much more because I'm so traumatized from a time where I just kicked everyone out and did not do anything but watch Shit's Creek and cry and not sleep like it was dark in the last two years I have been through a lot in my whole life I have been through a lot but in the last two years specifically it's been milestone after milestone after milestone and this was a huge one for me the fact that I moved back to LA and living here on my own my whole family's still in New York like all of this is so much growth and so much progress and I still struggle a lot but I've come so far from these really traumatic experiences And that's why I want to do this podcast. I want to talk about these things that aren't easy and that have defined me when I didn't want them to define me. And now I'm working on like rewriting the narrative of who I am and how I identify myself because I want to not identify myself as someone with anxiety, someone with a traumatic experience, someone with this and that. I just want to be me and you know, those are things that I experience, but they don't have to be who I am. So this is a really important story to me because, you know, it's the biggest thing I've gone through in my adult life. I've been through bad relationships. I've been abused by men. I've been treated terribly by people. But this was just my experience that really changed me in so many ways. And I'm so grateful for it, but I'm also still traumatized by it. So I wanted to share this with you guys because this is why I want to start this podcast and why I started this podcast because I just want to talk about the things that we're trying to figure out every day and this is just one other example of something that I have been through that was not easy but also made me the person I am now. So my advice in this, obviously go get your checkups, go make sure you're okay at all times, like 
get your blood work, go to your annual physical, like all of that, 100% keep track of that. But I'm trying to express that your mental health can be so heavily affected by anything that happens to you in your life. It can be a major crisis, like a surgery that you didn't expect or a passing of a loved one or anything. Things can change in the literal blink of an eye. So my advice to you is just take care of yourself. Be aware of how you're feeling. Try to process your emotions. Allow yourself to be anxious and to not be okay. But when you realize how not okay you are, do anything you can to get help. So now we're going to do LPs three. I'm going to need a second because I feel like for LPs three today, I want to go to the time of when I had my surgery and see like what songs I was listening to on Spotify. So one sec. Okay. One song that I was listening to a lot is Speeding Cars by Imogen Heap. Imogen? Imogen Heap. That song is so good. If you watch the OC, when they graduate high school, that's a song that plays. It's a great song, great scene. Love it. Highly recommend. I was listening to Bubbly by Kobe Calais. I think it just made me feel good. It was like a very feel-good song. And third, I'm going to go with Mm. Hey You by Pink Floyd. That was a big one. I think you can tell by those three songs that my head was all over the place at this time. So that's this week's segment of LP's Three. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Trying to Figure It Out. I'm Allie, and I'm still trying to figure it out. I appreciate you guys listening to this. This is a personal story to me that I haven't shared with many people at all. So I'm here to put myself out there and hopefully help anyone who, even if you can't relate to my specific experience, you know, you might be at rock bottom or you might be struggling with your anxiety or getting out of bed and figuring out how to help yourself. So I hope that this just reminds you that you're not alone and that you can get through anything next week. We have a very special episode with my best friend, Bo. He's going to be our next guest. It's going to be a very chill, happy, fun, lighthearted episode where we're just going to laugh and tell stories of our friendship and all the crazy things that have happened to us together and apart. Bo is the best. Can't wait for you guys to meet him. And we'll see you next week. Bye.